That's Daddy's food coat. Oh. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Here we are once again to talk to you about really whatever we want to talk about, which is nice. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things we could be. Let's talk about sex, baby. Do you remember that song or are you too old? I of course remember that song. You were like four when that song came out. Right, but songs don't go away after the year that they come out. Oh, they don't? No. They're not like smoke from a fire that fades <laughs> fades into the atmosphere and then is gone forever. People always use that phrase like, well, I guess that's before your time, as if nothing is, uh, as if I can't listen to the Beatles either. I don't know what the Beatles are. That's before my time. They're a popular rock group from Australia. Yeah, they had all their hits before I was born. Right. Well, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm enjoying a delicious uh, lemon ginger tea. I think I'm done with coffee, dude. What? Why? I don't know, man, because I got off of it for like two weeks. And then I, I was like, the other day, I was like, well, let me try some coffee. And I tried it and it was like, this tastes like the devil's fucking taint. I didn't like it. And I was like, mm. I like the sweet. I, I, bet, see, I put a little Texas wild honey in my tea. Oh, my God, dude. I feel like I'm licking Cleopatra's cat. <laughs> Her Cheshire, Cheshire cat? Well, however you want to say it. The cat that Mark Anthony laid his life down for. I love history lessons with Bishnez. I have no idea if Mark Anthony was the guy. Or was it Julius Caesar? Who, 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 was, who was shacking up with her? If it wasn't Caligula, I don't care. I guarantee you, Cleopatra was like 12. Always in those history things when you're like, you know, of course, you know, they made a movie of it and it was like Elizabeth Taylor when she was like pushing 40, but in real life, probably like 12. Are you recording video of this? God damn it. I forgot. No, I I can't. Here's the problem, dude. I don't, I guess I can record video of this, but I can't. So no, I'm not. I forgot. I'm sorry. Let's st- we'll start next time. Um, okay. Well, I just stopped my video. I was prepared for your idea. God damn it. Well, we need to do it. And had you reminded me, I would have done it. I would have said. I that. did remind you in the text when I asked you if you were ready to start the episode. I said, I'm also set up to record video. Let me look on my texts because I didn't see that. What I saw was, you're a cool dude. Let me look what it says. Ready? It I'm says, also set up to video. Boom. You still good to record at 530? Yes, let's make it 545. Still getting set up. Wife is making dinner and it's stormy. I think you're pretty cool, dude. Hey, sorry. Can we do six? Sure. Let me know when you're ready. Two minutes. Ready. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're pretty good. That's like, even though I I do think that about you, I do literally think you're pretty cool. I would just never say that to you. (laughs) Well, that's why it's funny to me. Hey, real quick, man. (laughs) Just real quick, I think you're pretty cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let me interrupt this conversation and just let me say something. Okay. I think you're pretty cool, man. (laughs) Dude, guess what? Guess what people don't know about us that we've never done? Let's, you know what? Let's talk about it in the Secret Weekly. You know what it is and I know what it is. And we'll, we'll discuss it in the Secret Weekly. 
is it something we've never done, like a physical action or a, or a phrase we've it's, never it's, said to each other? It's a physical action. You know what it is. Okay. Anal? <laughs> it's definitely not anal. I mean, wait, not that not that we've done anal, but that's not what I was talking about. Well, let's read some emails, but first I want to say thanks to some new patrons. We just keep getting new patrons, and the people who are willing and able to support the show at this time, it just really blows me away. I'm so grateful for their support. So <clears throat> I just wanted to give them a quick shout-out. Uh, Maria Travers, Chad Pollock, who I recognize as a friend of mine from the uh, My Metallica podcast, Kathleen Mallet, David Weisenthal, and those are the new patrons. So thank you so much, guys. Just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Yeah, that's really cool. And what's what's crazy about it is that podcasting is like down because people normally listen to podcasts when they're driving to, to and fro from their jobs. So it is cool that people are still supporting us because overall, people aren't listening as much as they were. And that brings up a point. We went to two podcasts a week because so I was like, oh, I think people would like having two of these a week. But now that it's kind of gone down a little bit, I'm thinking we should probably go back to one a week. So we'll stay at two a week for another week or two. But you guys email us and let us know what you think. I know you're going to say we need two a week, but <laughs> I feel like I feel like one a week is kind of the the sweet spot, at least for me. Like when I listen to podcasts, I like once a week. Here's what you don't want somebody to do. What I do on this podcast when you're on it with me, Clint. <laughs> Not pay attention? <laughs> Not pay attention. and Zone out? Hey, but before I tell you what, what I wanted to say, I think you're pretty cool, Clint. <laughs> Can I interrupt you saying that real quick to tell you something real quick? Just hey, real be quick before we get off track. Just real quick. Yeah, yeah. I think you're a pretty neat guy, man. Oh, thanks, man. So anyway, so I was saying about podcasting, but wait, before I tell you that, hey, right. Clint. Man, I think you're kind of a special guy. Well, before we get too far into that, because I want to hear more of your thoughts on that, right. but can I say something just really quick? Sure. You got the moves, boy. Let's put a pin in that, because I do want to discuss it. Right. But can I say one thing real quick? Sure. I got the moves, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to take a pause from that and compliment yourself every once in a while. Well, you got to, you know. I, it's been a while since I said I got the moves, boy. <laughs> I don't think it has. I think we say it <laughs> twice a week, every week, multiple times. I don't know, but I, I, you can't say it enough. All right, should we should we answer an email or what? Should yeah, we yeah, yeah. So here's here's the deal: Bob and Clint at gmail .com. We love hearing from uh, IOK listeners and uh, interacting with you. Go follow us on all the socials too. By the way, we interact over there as well. But we're going to dig into some emails here. David Bill writes: Bob and Clint, I must say you've nailed it, sticking to the thirty minute episode limit. Have you watched the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix? As a layperson, I found the songwriting scenes incredibly interesting. Unless I've missed you talking about it, just curious about your thoughts. Regretful I missed Bob performing at the Duck Room when passing through St. Louis. Definitely catch you guys next time. Thanks. Dave in Illinois. I saw the documentary and I liked it. You you went on this long thing about how you would never watch the documentary. So I watched it, of course. And what'd you think? I didn't watch all of it. And I kind of want to watch the rest of it just so I can actually make a valid sort of judgment call on it. Um, obviously, they're trying to paint her... They're not going to put out a documentary on her that's going to actually show what it's like, what it, who she is, yeah, who she is, or what it's like, or whatever. They're going to. Now, they made. I, from what I can tell, they made the documentary seem like, oh, this is a person who's sort of like the documentary. Hey, before I talk about how I pronounce documentary, I just want to say one thing real quick. Right, Clint, you've got nice hands. No one has ever told me that. 
No, you do. They're soft. All right. Well, so listen. Re- no, no. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say one thing? Because yeah. I feel like if you're going to throw that out there, I can't just let that just sit there. I got to throw something back at you. Right. I absolutely love the way you say documentary. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. So, anyways. Oh yeah. So in the documentary, they're trying to. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make it seem like, oh, she's obsessed and and she's got problems and blah blah blah, you know. But she uh, underneath it all, she's you know she's lovable and she's super talented. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I don't know because again, I've never been around her, so I don't know. But I guarantee you this: if they would have made some document documentary where <laughs> yeah. she comes off looking like some kind of straight up C. And I think we all know what C stands for. <laughs> Cop. Character. Right, right. Cop character. Right. You know, a character that you'd see in a, like a, dete- like NCSI. If they tried to make her look like some sort of carrot top, <laughs> that's a whole different thing, man. Right. If they were, like, literally, if they put out a documentary where she, they were, like, she's a prop musician. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say the word magician. Uh, where she's a prop magician, then yeah, here's what she's gonna do: pull the plug and take a poop on it, and you're nobody's <laughs> ever gonna see it. So, you know, it's been. Let me just put it this way: it's been approved by TS. So totally, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Although, what did you think about the scene? I, I know you must have seen it because it's pretty early on. I thought this was brave of her to leave in, um, where she's pooping. That was German pornography. That was the documentary. I'm getting that mixed up with my German documentary. Your German documentary pornography. No, when she's waiting to get the call to hear if she was nominated for any Grammys, and she basically gets a call that no, and she's clearly bummed and upset and crying, and it's a. it would have been a great moment for the documentary had they been like, yeah, you've been nominated in every major category, but instead the phone calls bad news. I thought that was an interesting peak, and then... You know, her publicist or manager, whoever is delivering. Here's who I don't want to be, the person that has to make that phone call to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's like, well, I guess I need to make a better record, which I thought was an interesting take. Like, her manager's like, hey, the record you made's great. Don't worry about it. You made a great record. And she's like, no, I need to make a better record. I thought all that was interesting. Did you see that scene? I do remember she was on a couch and she had a phone. There you go. Like a phone with a cord. (laughs) <laughs> or was it was it like a was it a smartphone? I think it was cordless, but I don't know if it was a smartphone. It might have been a Nokia flip phone. Was it one of those phones that we used for our Patreon promo <laughs> that we bought at Goodwill that don't even work? I went out that day when you could still leave your house and bought that goddamn phone. I think I even went to two places to find it, and oh, then we I, didn't even we we didn't even use the idea. I went to three places. We kind of used it. It actually worked as a, as kind of a joke. And then the other day I was cleaning up my studio and I was like, I'm throwing this fucker away. And it was in the trash. And then I was like, you know what? Then you got a phone call. Then, then it rang. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, Taylor Swift calling me saying uh, she had, she was going to make a better record. No, um, I dug it out of the trash and I was like, you know what? This reminds me of a neat guy named Clint. <laughs> no, I was like, you know what? I'm a hoarder. And I put it <laughs> <laughs> and I put it back in the closet with the rest of the shit that I'll never fucking use as long as I live. I like that you say you know what to yourself and then you reveal something about yourself to yourself. You know what? I'm a hoarder. Yeah. Dude, can we talk about hoarders? I know you've seen that show, right? I would love to, yeah. You tell me your takeaway from that show and then I'll tell you my takeaway. And now this is, like if there was a, a dartboard, the I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay dartboard. 
Mm -hmm. This, what we're about to talk about, is the red dot in the middle. So you go ahead and tell me your take on hoarders. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to make it brief because I know that you get distracted. Um, <clears throat> Wait, before you start, though, yeah, I just want to say one thing, Clint. I think you really fill out a pair of pants well. Yeah. Can I stop you right there? Sure. You have a lovely smile. Oh, thanks. Lights up a whole room. Uh. Whole room lit up like a candle in the dark. I'm telling you. I'm thanks. not kidding. Thanks, Clint. I think you're I think you're I think you're pretty nice. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. I just want to say when you smile, your eyes sparkle like diamonds. Oh, thanks. All right, so all right, let's hear your take on hoarders now. My takeaway has always been it's morbidly fascinating Wait, and they can always Can I just interrupt you for a second? Yeah, what's up? I got the most white. Okay. <laughs> I think the people I think the people who do that are mentally ill. They're obviously being exploited for reality television. They always bring in some sort of psychiatrist who in one week is going to solve this person's deeply seated issues because these people are mentally extremely ill. And I mean we're I'm talking about the people that they like to feature on hoarders who their houses have to be condemned because they they're pulling like 25 dead cats out of all the rubble or the people who just buy things and never open the boxes. Um, people whose plumbing doesn't work anymore and they can't even move around. So that's my first takeaway. My second takeaway is I'll, it's kind of a dream job of mine to be one of the head organizers. I don't want to go really in the room and pick up all that stuff, but I could take a walk through the house. And I, Isabel makes fun of me for this because I I fantasize about this. I would love to organize and be the head of the team that helps get that place in shape. But here's the problem. Even someone with my expertise comes in, cleans it all up, really gets everything in its right place. I just did a chef's kiss about my fake performance here. Oh, I, I heard They're going to... Okay, good. They're going to be... That shit's going to be completely full within another three months because these people have mental problems. Now, what's your takeaway? All right. So here's... here's, here's this is what happened. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Can I say something just real yeah, quick yeah, before yeah, you get yeah. started? Sure. The amount of patience you showed while I was explaining that was really, really beautiful. Hey, can I just interrupt you for a second? Of course. I hate split ends, and I've noticed that you, I don't know if it's the type of conditioner that you use or mm -hmm. if you just routinely trim the ends of your hair, but your hair looks like it should be on a fruit, fruit teas commercial. It's that luxurious. Well, I just want to go ahead and say hashtag Pantene Pro-V, if I may. If I may say that, I hope we're getting paid. All right, so here's my here's my take on hoarders, or this is this is what happened. So I love the show, I love it. In fact, the crazier the better. But what ends up happening while I'm watching this show? These people are delusional. Like oh, they don't time. think they have a problem. They think they're like, oh yeah, it's a little messy. It's a little out of control. I get it. I get what you're saying. It's a little out of control, but it's fine. And all I can think about is, like, I go, that's me. I'm crazy, but I don't know I'm crazy. Right. It's that It's that weird thing. I've had it my whole life where, and I think because of what I do, because I'm just going and creating stuff, I'm just making stuff up. There's no rules. There's no boundaries. There's nothing. I'm just in this weird freeform area of my mind all the time. And part of me is like, am I crazy? And when I watch that show, I'm like, I'm probably crazy in a way that I'm not aware of. Right. Well, there, there used to be another pretty big show similar called Intervention. Right. Remember the show Intervention? Oh, yeah. 
Now, I remember watching an episode one time where, and what they'll usually do is they, they'll intervene because someone's an alcoholic or they're the fuck, addicted to fucking meth or German pornography or whatever. But there was one where... Hold, hold on real quick. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But there was one where there was a woman who kept hitting her own self in the face but didn't know it. So one day she comes home and her whole family and everyone that she loves is sitting in the living room and they're like, hey, we're here to talk to you because we love you too much to let you continue hitting yourself in the face. And she didn't know she was doing it. And that scared me to death because I thought, because I had the same thing as you. I'm like, I'm for sure insane. And what are the things that I'm doing? Right. Where, am I going to come home one day and everyone I love, including you, is going to be in a fucking room saying, hey, we love you too much uh, just to let you keep sticking you know, a fork up your ass. Or whatever it is I'm doing that I don't even know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like what it, I mean, that's the other, th- I'm getting excited now. Let's get started. Let's start, yeah. let's start up that sentence. Let's, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk about documentaries. All right, here's the deal. I truly believe that that questioning your own sanity is actually. Proof of sanity. It, it's it's not proof of sanity, but it's a it's a good it's a good uh, sign that you're probably not crazy. Because the people that are truly crazy are the ones that are like, I'm definitely not crazy. Can we take a quick second? And this isn't even the bit you think it's going to be. But can we go? Can we do another a new segment of Clint's hearing a bunch of weird noises on your end that may not be there? Because <laughs> let me describe the sound for you. <laughs> It sounds to me like like you have two thimbles on the, both of your pointy fingers, and while you're talking, you're going, pew, 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 pew. you're just tapping them. You're tapping them together, like having a little thumb war with thimbles. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> you know what it? Uh, so here's what I'm doing. Normally, I have my AirPods in or my ear earpods, whatever you want to fucking call them. I don't give a fuck. But today, I'm wearing the because. I didn't come prepared. So I, I came into the studio and I have the the kind of AirPods that plug into your lightning port. What's happening is this little microphone here, this one right here. Is it rat-a-tap tapping on your on your gold medallion that you wear? It's rat-tat-tat tapping on my little beard and it's going shweety, shweety, shweet, shweety, shweet, shweety. And that's what you're hearing. So is that going to be coming through your microphone? No. It's okay, all, it's okay. only, because you're not hearing me through the microphone. You're hearing me through this little fucking tiny thing that's next to my beard. Can we camp out for a second in the fact that you said you didn't come prepared, meaning you walked from your house to your studio where we always do the episodes, right? but you didn't show up prepared today. It's not like you had to study for a test. Well, I didn't show up with my... But hey, before I talk about how I wasn't prepared, can I, can I say something? Yeah. I, I think you're... I think you really make uh, sensible choices when it comes to, to footwear. I would like to put a marker in the sand right now and say something, if I can. Sure, yeah. I'm not a big fan of hats, right. but when you don a hat, mm-hmm. uh, I believe in hats again. Is that too much? Is that a little too much to say? Not really. Not really. You make me believe in hats again. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Let's check out another email here. Derek Paul writes, Songs from the War. He says, hey, love the show. Been a fan of B. Schnizzy since 03 and have enjoyed digging into Clint's work. I went to high school with Ted's little brother, Bo, and he introduced me to the Lonely Land album. I took that and I'm good now with me to Iraq in 05 and taught myself guitar during downtime. A long way to get was our theme song. I left the army after the war so I could pursue music. 
I got the chance to meet and hang out with Bob at the Blue Door in Oklahoma City in 2018. My girlfriend and I had just moved in together, and Bob said, the first few months are the hardest. And my girl let out a big, yeah, we're married now and laugh about that all the time. Oh, wow. I really dig the way Clint plays for the song, adding texture that's integral but doesn't try to steal the light. Reminds me of the way Carter Beaufort plays drums. Listening to Bob... Uh, listening to Bob, I was learning to play and write, taught me, among many other things, to let the song lead and not to worry about fitting into a box or genre. That's definitely true about you, dude. Thankful for both of y'all. I know this is long and I'd say sorry, but that would be disingenuous since I could easily delete some of it as I'm typing it right now. Hope you still have time to talk about stuff. Uh, I've got the moves boy, Derek Paul. Thanks, Derek. That's a killer email, man. Uh, that's really my favorite. Sweet. That's my favorite email that we've gotten ever. So thanks, yeah, I liked it thanks, too. Thanks for that email. Uh, it, it I remember uh, meeting you and uh, and uh, I love that place, the the Blue Door, dude. Have you ever played the Blue Door? Man, I feel like I've hung out with Ted and his brother in Tulsa when we played. Uh, what's that club in Tulsa that we play? I don't know. I've I, I've only played the Blue Door recently there in the last like four or five years. I feel like I have played the Blue Door. Um, it's tiny, dude. I mean, it holds maybe 80 to 100 people seated. I'm thinking about Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa, by the way. Oh, yeah. Kane's is huge. We've had some good shows there. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have played the Blue Door or not. So, did you have a good time there? What were your uh, thoughts, takeaways from the show? Dude, of all the places that I play in the world, when I play the Blue Door, those people that come in there, all they want to do is belly laugh i've never had people laugh so hard and so often than at the blue door it's amazing i don't know if it's oklahoma or if it's that club or whatever band but it is a wonderful feeling playing there i imagine that your fans as you tap the thimbles more um <clears throat> i bet people who really get your stuff which it sounds like derek is one of these people they don't have a lot of opportunities to riff with a guy like you in Oklahoma. And I'm not putting down Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. I love Tulsa. Some of my closest friends are from Tulsa, and, and uh, so it's nothing like that. I'm from fucking Alabama, so I'm not judging any, where anyone's from. But I, but people in Oklahoma, when you come through, there's probably not a lot of people like you that they get to hang out with like in that way. So they like your jokes. They probably like how off-color you can be, how <clears throat> sort of hilariously uh brazen and and uh you know sacrilegious you can be that's that would be my guess as to why they laugh so hard when you're there that or you have a sign on your back that says kick me no no i've talked to other artists that who who play there and they all agree like it's unanimous like it is one of the it's one of the most fun places to play because people are just ready to laugh and have a good time and i'll tell you the thing i've noticed I've noticed this about like uh, just anywhere in the South, like uh, Alabama is, I don't know anybody from Alabama who's not funny. Like there's something about growing up in a place that's sort of so culturally fucked or something or like <laughs> where people are like, there's just so much shit there or something that where people just have this great sense of humor. Like I feel like, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Oklahoma. You have to have a great sense of humor to survive it because it yeah. really is culturally fucked. I mean, that's a really good way to put it. It's true. Well, I I love all the people from those places, mainly because of their sense of humor. They have a great sense of humor. 
And I, and I, yeah. I don't know what that is, but... You have to, because you have to have it to survive. Right. One last email before we split. Is that cool with you, Bob? Yeah, let's do it. But, but hey, before you read that email, can I say something? I would love to hear it, yes. I just want to say that your nails, is that just natural, or do you have work done on them? Because your fingernails are some of the nicest I've ever seen. They look like a painting that you might find at the Louvre. Well, I've never been to France, but I, I will accept the compliment on one condition that you let me say something about sure, you. Sure, yeah, yeah. When you wear that bolo tie, and you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the the one from the 90s that has the, uh, it looks like a, it belongs in the, the opening scene of In Living Color. That's the exact bolo tie I'm speaking of. Yeah, of When course. you wear that bolo tie, mm-hmm. and it catches the rays of the sun. Oh, yeah. And beams of light shoot off mm-hmm. into... Hold up. When the light ricochets off that thing into brilliant, blinding beams of, of shards of light, mm-hmm. and I feel like dreams are possible again. right. I just want to say here now on I'm Okay Here at the End, that's a good look for you, man. It's a cool look. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Well, we're not going to have time for this last email. Let's no, go ahead and wrap it, it up. No, just read it real quick. We got well, we're going to go we long, but okay. All right, here we go. This All is right. from May Jeske, who writes, well, the subject says, thank you, and says, hey, Bob and Clint, I especially want to acknowledge you here, Clint, because I think you're great. Thank you. She says, that being said, please excuse me as I gush over Bob for a minute. Bob, did you write this email? Uh, I didn't. She says, I'll keep it as brief as I can. I've been a Bob Schneider fan since the moment I heard Wiggle My Dizzy Stick in my dorm room freshman year of college. That was followed by Lorena, which I played so often that every girl on my floor probably had it memorized. I'm 37 now, divorced mom of two, and 14 months sober. Congrats, by the way. Uh, She says, your music has been with me through everything. Your songwriting is absolutely incredible. Your songs are a part of me at this point. I could write a book if I started to get into each and every song, so I obviously won't elaborate here. Besides the music, your honesty and vulnerability on both podcasts means so much, allows people like myself who can deeply relate to so many things you say feel okay, or to feel okay about being not okay. I know I'm nobody to you, but thank you, Bob. You're just about my favorite person. Clint, forgive me, but Bob convinced me to watch The Great British Baking Show, and damned if it's not entertaining as hell, I'm obsessed, and now my five-year-old son even asked to watch it. Bob, see you June 13th in Philly. Bought tickets today. Love, Marie, Paul, Jeske. Well, I think that's my new my new favorite email. We're I, really kind of striking gold on the emails today, bro. I love that email, and I appreciate you saying that. It means the world to me, and I do think there's a lot of similarities that we've got. I'm divorced, remarried. I've got two kids. Uh, I'm also sober for a few years, and um, so I, I, I'm... It's so nice to hear that you relate to the to the songwriting. I put a lot of time and effort into it, and so when people appreciate it, it really does mean the world to me. So thank you so much, man. We re- are really lucky to have people who love the show and send us emails like that. So you can write in at bobandclint at gmail dot com. We're gonna take it now to the Secret Weekly and talk about something that Bob and I have never done together. Uh, go check out our other podcast. Bob's is called The Song Club, where you can hear how his songs develop, and if you're a patron over there, you can even get the demos and early versions of those songs. My other podcast is called Metal Up Your Podcast. If you like Metallica or really music in general, me and my co-host Ethan are two professional musicians. We talk about all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, Patreon, it's real simple for those of you who are interested and can't find it because it's elusive out there. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the letters I-O-K. If you can support us at this time, it means the world. If not, no problem. Just go leave that positive review. Tell your buddies about it. Happy quarantining. Wash your hands. And we'll see you guys on the flip-flop. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.